Hola, welcome to Dismantling Diet Culture. Fuck being calladita, the only Spanglish anti-diet podcast that teaches you from a sociological lens, feminism, and intuitive eating coaching to dismantle diet culture. I'm your host, Dr. Hortense Jimenez, and I am passionate about dismantling diet culture and helping you heal your relationship with food and your body. I'm a mother, daughter, comadre, amiga, community member, professor, health coach, and published author. On this show, I share my personal experience with diet culture, tips and strategies, and educational content to help you understand diet culture and systems of oppression so that you can have the tools to challenge diet culture. Current and future generations do not deserve to inherit your diet culture trauma, and I'm here to help you. If you're on a mission to hear your body and food traumas and embody your authentic self unapologetic, welcome to Dismantling Diet Culture. Fuck being calladita. Hola, bienvenidos a Dismantling Diet Culture, Fuck Being Calladita. This is your host, Dr. Hortense Jimenez. Welcome to another episode. Bienvenidos, gracias por estar aquí. Um, in today's solo episode, I will be talking about the last principle of intuitive eating, which is principle number 10. But before I do that, I want to go ahead and make reference to the episodes where I talk about each of these principles. So if you have a pen, if you want to make a note of this, or go back to my podcast and save them, you are more than welcome to. Um, I started talking about the principles of intuitive eating back in May 31st, episode number 17, cover the first principle, which is um, reject the diet mentality. Episode number 19 was principle number two, honor your hunger. Principle number three, episode 21, making peace with food. Principle number four, challenge the food police, episode 23. Episode 27 is uh, principle number five, feel your fullness. Principle number six, discover the satisfaction factor was episode 29. Episode 31st, 31, (laughs) principle number seven, cope with your feelings without using food. Episode 35, Uh, is principle number eight, respect your body. Episode 37, principle number nine, exercise, feel the difference. And today is our last principle. And I went ahead and just made reference to each of these episodes in case you want to go back if you're new to this podcast and you're not sure what I am talking about. You can feel free to go back and re-listen to those uh, episodes where I discuss each of these principles. And in essence, intuitive eating is a scientifically based framework that helps folks move away from diets so that they can begin their healing journey with food and their body image. And what I've done is I discuss the main ideas of the principles and also offer my own remarks Uh, where I think that there's um, some shortcomings or what we need to pay attention. I have so, so much to say about this framework, but first I wanted to give you the foundation or the basis of each of these principles because I will be actually discussing more about 
where is the role of social and racial justice when it comes to the principles of intuitive eating? And I can't talk about that until I, well, I feel, <laughs> until I finish talking about all these principles. And it's today, ahora es el último día donde vamos a hablar acerca de estas, estas cualidades, ¿no? De eh, alimentación intuitiva. So principle number 10, honor your health with gentle nutrition. Uh, this is the last um, principle. Uh, and behind this, the main um, idea is honoring your health. And honoring your health is just, it's more than the nutritional aspect of food or what food has. Uh, honoring your health involves recognizing like the social determinants of health, right? And what we mean by that is the external societal forces or factors that impact our access to food, what we eat, how much we eat, and so forth. So for example, our social class plays a big role in our access to food or what we're able to buy. Um, are the stores accessible? Are there nearby? Do folks experience food insecurity? Um, our community, like our environment, where we live, like our zip code determines a lot of our health, determines the quality of our health, determines the quality of the schools that we go to. So it's also important to recognize that our community, our environment also shapes our health. Um, do we live in communities where um, there's a lot of poverty? where there's crime rates, where um, there's like, for example, is there domestic violence in your home? All these external factors and stressors play a role in our relationship with food, access to food and so forth. So these are just some examples of the social determinants of health. I also wanna um, emphasize um, how ACEs, which is adverse childhood experiences, that means like traumatic events that are occur in our childhood. And I think, I think most of you, if you're listening, can at least identify one, one childhood experience that was traumatic or a life transition that really shaped your life. And so adverse childhood experiences also play a big role in our um, relationship with food and also uh, our health. According to the Center for Disease and Control, at least five of the top 10 leading causes of death are associated with ACEs. Isn't that crazy? So basically, our adverse childhood experiences shape our health. It's in serio. Así es que be compassionate with your with your with yourself. Be compassionate, and um, and take care of yourself as you reflect about those adverse childhood experiences in your life that had a, a big impact on your your on yourself, on your self worth, on your your image, on your body, and your relationship with food, and even how we are still working through a lot of this healing, right, of these childhood traumas and, and wounds, and I'm included, you know, I've have my fair share at adverse childhood experiences and um, they still like, they still come up and it does impact my own relationship with food. So I'm here to normalize this conversation and to tell you that honoring your health with gentle nutrition, which is this last principle, is hard, you know, when we've 
especially if we come from BIPOC and marginalized backgrounds, we've, we've experienced so much trauma and have seen things, right, um, that impact our well-being, our overall health and our well-being. So my invitation here is for you to move away from being fixated and looking at the nutritional information on food, on the back of the food, right? Like reading the food labels, don't get caught up looking at the food labels, especially looking at the calories or the carbs or the fats, you know, serving size. I want you to take that as just information, right? That should not determine like how much you eat. And if you eat the food, it's just information. And you know where a lot of this comes from? There's a lot of fear, okay? A lot of fear, a lot of worry. That is part of our culture in the United States. The United States has created like food phobia. Tener miedo de la comida. O sea, a lo que hemos llegado en esta sociedad capitalista. Tener miedo de la comida. Cuando en otros países la gente no tiene ni qué comer y aquí la gente se está apurando de de tener miedo a la alimentación, a la comida, porque no quieren subir de peso. And what I just said in Spanish is like in so many other countries where there is uh, food insecurity, food apartheid, where there is a lot of inequality and people don't have access to food. People are not afraid of food. They need food to, to live for substance. Yet Western countries like the United States, not only is the United States super uh, wasteful in terms of how much food is being waste, but there is a growing fear of food, food phobia. I'm not sure if you had heard that. Where does this come from? It comes from interest groups, uh, uh, influence that they have in the media. The media plays a big uh, role in magnifying these fears ad campaigns, food companies, um, all, all these play a big role in confusing too, right? Consumers and customers about what is quote here, healthy food, medical doctors, like diet culture is, a, is an oppressive industry at the macro like institutional level. So there's a lot of players here. We can't just pinpoint or say it's just the media, or it's the government, it's the media, it's all these institutions, the media, the government, the education system, the family, I think I already said the medical industry in shaping our understanding of food, and also like our relationship with food, porque si tienes miedo de comer, o le tienes miedo a ciertas comidas, no te las vas a querer comer, right? So I am inviting you right now to think about what are some of the phobia that I have, like, ¿A qué le tengo miedo? ¿A cuáles comidas le tengo miedo? What foods do I fear? Where does this fear come from? How have I been socialized to think about these foods? What moral value have I attributed to these foods? So that you can begin to unpack that. So, and I encourage you to go back to the previous principles to learn a little bit more on, you know, how this, how this works. So there's that worry about food, the food phobia, and at the same time, this leads to a lot of stress, either under eating or even perhaps overeating. And the experience here of folks in the United States is very different to other countries that have a healthier relationship with food 
where food is seen part of the community, is seen part of connection, it's part of um, nourishment, um, and so forth, unlike the US. Um, another point that I want to make about uh, gentle nutrition as part of um, principle number 10, honor your health with gentle nutrition, it also means that uh, we got to be careful with the, um, yes, with dietitians and nutritionists who are not part of like the undieting space. And what I mean by that is that in on social media, uh, there are um, dietitians and nutritionists and health coaches that come from an undiet approach, basically like my approach, like the approach that I align with, which is recognizing body diversity, recognizing health at every size, um, intuitive eating, uh, moving away from diets, right? So that we don't perpetuate harm uh, to the communities that we are help helping. But the dominant narrative, right, by the health uh, care professionals is really based on nutritionism. And nutritionism is a concept that was created by Dr. Georgi Krinisis. I'm sure I butchered his name. <laughs> Georgie, Georgie Greenness. Uh, he describes how the overly reductive focus of nutrients in food undermines how we think about food, how we view the experiences of our own bodies, and how we understand the relationship between food and our bodies. So basically here, what he's saying is this hyperfixated focus on looking at the nutrients of food that then it's going to determine what you eat. A nutritional scientist um, began to update food and nutritional policy guidelines in the United States that lacked some sociology, honestly, and psychological expertise around eating. Uh, and they're influencing decision making about nutrition. And this is all connected to healthism and also weight stigma that began to uh, emerge or increase. So nutrition, nutritionism also is enforcing like weight stigma and influences health policies, because if the sole focus is on looking at the nutritional value, right, or the data on food, then it, uh, it really promotes folks to lose weight, right, when we know that weight is not a determinant of health. So nutritionism ideology um, has served to create a lot of fear and anxiety when people are grocery shopping, when people are um, focused more on the number on the scale than listening to their body, than honoring their taste buds and, and what, they, what their body needs. So let's be careful, right, and not perpetrating nutritionism and healthism in our conversations about healing our relationship with food and body image. So this principle number 10 of honor your health with gentle nutrition is part of making peace with nutrition and that achieving health is going to look different for everyone, okay? That there's more to just the information on the um, label, right? The nutritional information on the label, that's gonna determine your health. So my invitation to you is, what is healthy eating for you? 
for you. That's an individual answer, right? Although our dominant society and health professional says that healthy eating is like, for example, the food pyramid or, you know, having X amount of portions, pero eso no determina tu salud. O sea, ¿quién conoce el cuerpo mejor que tú? No one knows your body better than you. No one knows your body better than you, right? So defining healthy eating is individual. It's bio-individuality. Having a healthy relationship and, or balance with food and a good relationship is individual. So my invitation here is begin this journey or continue this journey of connecting your mind, right? What you think about food, right? Your mind, your body, listening to your body. What is what does your body need today? Perhaps the food that you ate yesterday or a week ago may be different what you need now, right? Remember, our bodies are not static. Our social environment is not static. There's constantly things that are changing around us and our body, our body adjusts. So your mind, body, you know, connection is important. And this is like beginning to trust yourself, trust your body de lo que necesita. It's hard, I know it's hard and it's scary when you've been conditioned and told all your life perhaps of what you should eat or how much you eat or the do's and don'ts. And here I am telling you, begin to trust your body and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> esto no es fácil. Yo sé, yo nunca dije que esto iba a ser fácil y todavía eso es un proceso para todos nosotros. It's still a process for all of us, even for myself. It's like a lifelong journey and I've said this before. And I will continue to say it. Health is individual. Like and this is your individual journey. How you achieve health is bio-individuality. What it is for me, Hortense Jimenez, is different para ti. It's different for you. We have different lives. We have different experiences. We live in different like communities. We have different stressors. We've had different childhoods, right? So we can't be eating the same food. And even if we ate the same food, our body's gonna process it differently, okay? So from an ancestral lens, connect with your ancestors, your ancestral wisdom, you carry this, but because of white supremacy, but because of colonialism, we've been disconnected from our ancestors. We've been disconnected from the land, from mother earth that you already carry so much wisdom in your body. You carry so much wisdom in your DNA. You carry so much wisdom from your ancestors, from your parents, your great-grandparents, from your great-grandparents. So if anything, know that you already have a lot of these answers. Están allí adentro. You just need to begin that journey and finding out and trusting yourself. This is for me. And this is not really part of the principle 10, right? But for me, like honoring your health with gender nutrition is connecting with your ancestors. For me, connecting with my indigeneity. Gender nutrition for me is connecting to the land, connecting to, you know, whatever I, I planted, you know, whatever seeds, whatever I'm harvesting. Gentle nutrition is honoring the land for me. 
and giving gratitude to Mother Earth and my ancestors for the vegetables that I was able to harvest. For me, that is gentle nutrition. Y para ti, se va a mirar un poquito diferente, okay? Um, another part of principle number 10 is beyond just the nutritional inf data information, you want to consider like, like the five senses, right? How does it smell? How does it taste? How does it look like? Even the texture. So please pay attention to these five senses. That is part of gentle nutrition. You know, uh, sometimes, I don't know if this happened to you when you were forced, when you were young to eat something that you found that you, you found appalling because of the texture. Y te daba como goosebumps. Like, it te causa trauma, right? That you were forced to eat something that was, I don't know, whatever te texture might have been, and you felt disgusted, you didn't like it. And family members maybe told you, eres una delicada, or you're, you know, you're, I don't know what that translation would be to delicada. <laughs> but, um, but this is part of gentle nutrition. Gentle nutrition is taking the time to look at the food, to smell the food, to taste the food, Maybe you didn't like it. Maybe the texture wasn't there for you. And you know what? That is okay. That's important. That is actually honoring your health. You see? So honoring your health it moves away from just the nutritional information. And I'll keep repeating that enough, okay? Another thing is oftentimes, you know, uh, at least me growing up, it was like the quantity of food, you know, having to finish the food that was on my plate. Uh, one, it was already problematic, right? That adults are serving children because they don't know how much children need to eat. And then you have to eat your food, so you're forced to eat it. And then then I grew up like having to finish my food because I developed that food trauma of the clean plate club of finish your food, leave your plate clean. So for me, like having a healthy relationship with food means to actually maybe be okay and give myself compassion that ya me llené, no me voy a acabar la comida. I'm already full and I'm just not going to finish my food. Even that's what my body's telling me, right? It's like you're full, but my brain is telling me eat your food, finish your food. You need to leave your plate clean. So when we're talking about principle number 10 of honor your health, that means honor your fullness. When you're full, you're full. You went out to eat, Take it home. Take the leftovers home. Don't be embarrassed. You went out to, to, to a restaurant. You paid for it. Someone paid for it. Don't, don't be wasteful. Take it home. Warm it up later. If you're at home and you didn't finish your food, save it for later. You went to someone's house and you ate and you didn't finish the food. Save it for later. Say, hey, you know, can I just take it home? <laughs> Neta. That is part of honoring your health. And you're honoring like, Mother Earth and the environment and the workers, you know, you're not being wasteful. <laughs> Having that like social consciousness, you know, and the, the social justice part of it too. Like, let's not contribute to more waste in our and being wasteful in our country. So again, honoring your health is also about honoring your fullness honoring when you're hungry don't wait until the last minute when you're like i want to say starving but when you're so hungry that you're angry right carry snacks hydrate throughout the day that's honoring your health with gentle nutrition too 
um, try to include, I'm not going to say the quantities again, everyone's different, but you know, having a, trying to have a balanced meals, they don't have to be perfect. They're not supposed to look perfect, right? Some days you'll have more carbs than other days. Some days you'll have more veggies than other days and so forth. It's all good. <laughs> There's no perfect play. There's no perfect portion. The perfect portion is what your body is, is asking you what it needs, okay? So, and when I say have enough like food, that also comes with the caveat that not everyone has that privilege of having enough food, right? Because of their social class, experiencing food insecurity, if you're um, even a college student who doesn't have enough or you're eating food from the cafeteria or the, or the dorms, right? But having enough of a little bit of everything. And that also goes with like fresh food, packaged food, frozen food, and canned food all that is part of food and if you're able to have a combination of that from fresh food to pro to pro process package pre pre-cooked frozen canned food you can make some delicious meals with that so move away from like food rules and move away from moralizing food of fresh fresh fruits and vegetables are better than frozen pero sabes que que tal si you don't have time to cook and you had some frozen veggies and you make a quick dinner or, you know, so just pay attention, right? And diversifying the different types of food that you may be able to have at home. And another thing with honor your health with gentle nutrition is like, you don't have to keep a journal. I mean, I'm not much of a journal with when it comes to writing food, but if you have time and you want to, you can do that. You can also put that on your notes or do a, voice memo, but pay attention to how certain foods make you feel, if you have more energy, if you feel more lethargic, si te sientes así como que, oh, me siento empanzada, muy llena, like, pay attention to that, what foods are causing you um, more energy or less energy, or even discomfort in your body, it's important to recognize that, because then you're able to identify, okay, I really like these foods, but my body doesn't receive them well, right? And but then you allow yourself to eat it, perhaps in smaller portions or just little than completely just eliminating it, right? Restricting from it because once we restrict food, that can lead us into an unhealthy relationship with pinch eating or uh, yeah, overeating. So restriction is always not the best choice is having that exposure and trusting your body and listening in how your body's taking that food okay i also want to say that honoring your health means find pleasure in eating find pleasure and satisfaction you know and it's hard to find pleasure and satisfaction if we are raised to fear food right the fear mongering right of food but i also want to say that finding pleasure in eating it's actually sometimes hard for folks who live alone, who perhaps um, are not close to family, students that might be off in college and feel lonely, you know, that's going to impact their relationship with food, might not find that much pleasure. If you're going through a life transition, a death in the family, 
um, a loved one grieving, right? That there's different forms of, of grieving, different types of losses. Well, it's going to be hard for you to find pleasure, right? And satisfaction and food. So recognizing these external things, it's also important to just like find moments of joy of food, eating your favorite snack, your favorite meal, your favorite drink. Eh, no sé, lo que te haga sentir bien. O sea, eso es importante en tratar de encontrar un poco de placer en la comida. And trust me, food is a love language for me. I love food, but when I'm going through life transitions or experiencing grief, honestly, the last thing I want to do is sometimes is eat because I'm so sad and so depressed that I don't want to eat. So I'm not going to find pleasure and, and satisfaction in the food. I'm going to meet my basic needs at that moment if I'm going through life transitions or grief. And that's also something for you uh, to keep in mind with principle number 10. Honoring your health with gentle nutrition also means meet your basic needs. Hydrate and eat. It might not taste the same and not might feel the same, but you know that in order for you to function, in order for you to show up, to have a little bit of energy, you need to eat, okay? And um, the last thing I wanna say about honoring your health with uh, gentle nutrition is to, you, to be compassionate with yourself in this healing journey that it is not linear, that we may we do we make progress and even though you might think that you're like going two steps back or that you're backtracking you're not you're actually making progress it might look like that like that but it's not trust yourself if you are trying to divest from diets if you're tired of dieting and you know that diets don't work and you have Listen to these uh, 10, right? 10 principles of intuitive eating. And then you go back to diet. I'm not here to shame you. I'm here to tell you that you're human, right? And that I see you. I know that it's hard. And I'm here with you, cheering you along the way. O sea, you can go back to dieting even if you follow the intuitive eating principles, right? Especialmente if you've done diets for such a long time, if you've been like a chronic dieter, just imagine how many years of dieting or having an eating disorder, right? So healing your relationship with food and body image is not going to be from one day to another. It's also going to take time. Sometimes we want like a magic pill, ¿verdad? <laughs> or a magic wand that says, yeah, quote, fix me. But you know what? There's nothing to be fixed about you. There's nothing wrong with you. It is these systems of oppression that we live in that are also enforced by the diet culture industry, which capitalizes on your insecurities, which makes you feel bad about yourself and your self-worth. So you can do diets. And every time that you do a diet, you disconnect from your body and from the foods. So again, healing relationship with food and body image is not a linear journey. And again, these principles, you can implement them and it's not, no va a sanar tu mentalidad de dietas. Yeah, it's not going to heal that diet mentality, even though that's principle number one, right? Reject diet culture. 
you can go through each of these principles and perhaps you know the diet culture mentality may creep in you can talk to it say i i hear you i hear you diet culture but not today i'm not gonna listen to you today today i choose me myself right and you can say that every day not today not today and then you get to a point where that day didn't come and if it did come and you ended up engaging in like diet culture behaviors like food there's so many like diet culture behaviors be compassionate with yourself right because we're operating under an oppressive system right which is the diet culture industry that makes billions of dollars that's why this is not easy think about this it's like you're going against the current you're going against these dominant practices in our society that are so embedded in the in our families and our in our cultura but it's not inherent to our cultura you see it's like diet culture lives in our home lives with your mom with your abuelita with your tia que te dicen que estás gorda y que ya no comas y que este que lo das diet culture that's why it's hard to heal this relationship with food so i'm here to keep it real and not sugarcoat anything and tell you that i've covered all these 10 principles that there are shortcomings and that healing you your relationship with food and body is a lifelong journey okay i'm super excited for the future episodes i want to talk about food from a social and racial justice lens and talk a little bit more about intuitive eating so stay tuned for our future episodes my solo episodes of course <laughs> and i will see you next week on the next episode of dismantling diet culture fuck being calladita muchísimas gracias por acompañarme nos vemos muchas gracias por acompañarme en dismantling diet culture fuck being calladita podcast be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Especially be sure to rate and review the podcast if you really like it. If you leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, you become eligible for a free 30-minute coaching session. That's right. Así como escuchaste. One free session. Once you leave your review, you can screenshot it and email it to me, and I'll send you a link to sign up. If you didn't like it, don't worry. Así está bien. Follow me on social media, on Instagram and TikTok at Dr. Hortensia Jimenez.